When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fan, it is time to come back and let's go over the defense. We're going to be breaking down the defensive performance of every single player that took a defensive snap for the 49ers. We will be giving out an MVP of the defense, go over inactives, injury updates, the drives, everything you could ever want to know about the 49ers win defensively. We already did the offensive breakdown earlier in the week, so if you want to listen to that, go ahead and pause this one, head over there. It's just the previous episode but today is man this these are my favorites I, I know that the offense always get more plays but I'm a defensive coach that's my background I was a defensive player I love these episodes so uh, here we go without further ado let's jump into it the most valuable player it was down to three guys but I'm going to Forrest Buckner holy freaking cow he just continues to rack up insane stats. We'll, we'll get into his grades and everything in the later on in the episode. But our secondary, <laughs> we had two players show up in our secondary. Kawan was lights out. If you take out that very last big play by Golden Tate for, what, 60-plus yards. Outside of that, he was exceptional, so that's kind of bumped him out of it. I, I, went, I was, you know, up to that point, I would have said Kawan Williams was the guy. And, of course, Richard Sherman. That guy is special. He has proved his contract already. They were so scared to throw at him, and whenever they did, it didn't go well. So uh, those are kind of the three, but I'm giving the nod to DeForest Buckner. Now, we had a couple. We, we were short a couple players, really just one, Malcolm Williams, and, of course, Reuben Foster. It was the last game of his suspension, and he is back. So, so excited for that. We don't really need Malcolm Smith anymore outside of just a depth play because even if he is healthy, which I doubt he will be, I don't think he'll ever play or suit up at least. Uh, he, he's just a backup. He, he's not going to be a starter for us anymore. The times that we needed him have come and gone and he wasn't available. And Julian Taylor was a healthy scratch. I, I think he's going to be that way as long as our front seven stays healthy. So, let's jump over to injury updates, offense and defensively. Tart was really the only major injury for the 49ers during this game. Uh, his shoulder, the very last minute of the game, went down, and it's the exact same shoulder that's been bothering him, and he did not practice today, Wednesday. So the first 
opportunity to get back out there. He did not practice. We had two others. One was Joe Staley, who just had a vet day off. You know, absolutely nothing to be concerned there. Just giving him a little bit of a break. He's a little older. And Joshua Garnett, I was hoping we would get him back. We need more depth on that offensive line. We got so lucky that our starting five on offense played every snap. Somebody's got to do something there. Limited participants, Marquise Goodwin. Man, this is great. He had all did not practices last week, and he didn't get to make it to the game. But the fact that he is a limited participant now with that quad bruise, that's great news. I My guess is he will be playing, uh, I would probably say, 75% sure on that. Mike, uh, Mike Pearson, again, limited participant with his foot, but he played the whole game. They're just trying to get him healthy. And Akilo Witherspoon, that ankle issue, I think that they sh- they proved – And we'll talk about this later. By far the worst graded 49ers in this game. One of the worst grades I've ever seen, to be honest with you, from a secondary player. Uh, I mean, he just, it was as bad a game as he could be. So I think it's very, very smart to say if Aquilo is not 100% healthy, you can't put him out there. Especially opposite Richard Sherman. They picked on him the entire, the entire game. So, That's what we got. Let's do a quick drive summary. There were 12 defensive drives that we were out there, and I'm going to go through all 12 and just kind of the order of what happened. Right off the bat, we hold them to a punt. They get two first downs, but Buckner makes an amazing run stop on third down to force the punt at midfield. Second drive, they get a touchdown pass to Galladay. That's where Akilo Witherspoon bit on that play-action fake whenever he was in man with no help over the top. And the worst... This was the worst play. I feel like it was downhill from there for Aquilo. He he bit on the fake, realized what he did was wrong, turned around, saw the pass get completed, and then just did like a light jog, didn't even make an effort to get down there. And he would have been there. He, he could have had a chance to maybe make a tackle on the one, but he just gave up on that play. Terrible, terrible play there. Third drive, three and out, perfect coverage by Kawan versus Tate. They were against each other all day, and Kawan Williams was lights out until the very end. He gave up some short receptions, but nothing major. Um, so he forced the third one. Fourth one, forced fumble by Elijah Lee. My boy, uh, I was so excited to see him come out, and he did not disappoint. He, he made plays and recovered by Cassius March. Uh, fifth drive, they got a punt. Again, Kawan Williams, again, another amazing tackle on Tate. That was just, I mean, it was awesome. They gave him the first down. Then they reviewed it, saw that his knee was down a full yard and a half short and forced a punt there. So that's two drives that Kwan Williams showed up on third down big. Sixth drive, they got a field goal. That was the last possession of the first half. Then we come out second half, they get a field goal right off the bat. Um, huge, huge return. Uh, They got a few first down runs and then kicked a field goal. Then back-to-back drives, a punt, and then another punt on an overthrow by Stafford. He had a rough game. Stafford, uh, he did not play well. And this is where it gets bad. Tenth drive, touchdown pass to Jones. Aquilo got beat again. Next drive, touchdown pass to their tight end. Colbert gets beat. And then the very last drive with a minute and eight seconds left, they start on the 16-yard line. And we got a turnover on downs on fourth down. And we got lucky because it was two drop passes by them. Theo Riddick, one of the best third down pass receiving backs in the entire NFL. And he dropped back-to-back passes to lose that game. Elijah Lee was out there, contested catches, but uh, he did his job. So those are the 12 kind of drives in a summary. And what I want us to do now is we are going to focus on the individual performance, um, just each 
person that was out there on offense. We're going to go through that. So stay tuned for that. I want to get into our sponsor this episode, MyBookie. Very glad to have these guys on there. I use them. I love doing prop bets. That's kind of my thing. And if you want to know who to bet with, there's lots of sites out there. MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. These guys are awesome. The main reason why they are great is if you win, they pay. Very easy to get your money out. Uh, very easy to get money in, which if you make good bets, <laughs> hopefully you don't have to do more than once. But they are there for you. They do all kinds of in-game live betting, over-unders, fantasy points scored, and all those different things. So there's a lot of stuff out there. And here's the good thing. If you use the promo code RUSH100, the this 49ers Rush podcast, you use our promo code RUSH100, they will match your opening deposit dollar for dollar. So again, whenever you set up your account, there's a promo code at the very end. Just type in RUSH100, no spaces, and they will match that dollar for dollar. And if you are a night owl, use the code RUSH25. If you are depositing after 7 p.m. Eastern, they match you dollar for dollar and then throw an additional $25 on there. So all of that is there. Head over there, MyBookie. Just Google it. Whatever you got to do, it is there. It is a great site, MyBookie. All right. Let's get in to the front seven. I, I love to break down the front seven um, almost always first just because they usually dictate how the rest of the game goes. DeForest Buckner, the number one rated defender, he was just – his overall score was an 81.8, and he played 63 snaps of the total 77. So the defense was out there for 77 total snaps, and Buckner played 63. So just to put this into perspective with the other D linemen, Solomon Thomas played 36, DJ Jones 13, Ronald Blair 41, um, Eric Armstead 54. He's the next highest. It just It's one of the many testaments to DeForest Buckner. He is a true Iron Man whenever it comes to the defensive line. And, you know, I tweeted out today, I kind of do weekly awards across the NFL. If you want to see those, just head over to JL underscore Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And uh, for Defensive Player of the Year, you know, I had DeForest Buckner. He's currently my third um, most vote getters uh, of the year. Just because of the sacks that he has, he already has three and a half. He's special from the interior. So he just balled out completely. Five pressures, one sack, one quarterback hit on top of that, three hurries, three tackles, and three solo run stops. And this is a guy, he is getting double teamed on 75% of snaps right now. And he's still putting up these godly numbers. He is just unreal. Uh, my favorite play of the game from him, it was third and three, and he held them to a one-yard gain and fought off two blockers and was able to force the punt. Just setting the tone early. That's just what he does. And, of course, he got a great hit on Stafford right before the half. Uh, he's going to be in the quarterback's face. And he's so tall, too, that he affects their passing lanes. He affects all of those things. And then he got a sack with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. When we needed it most, he went out there and got him. And I don't, I don't know if you saw the play, but the, the feed that we had here in Pasadena, unfortunately, was the Detroit Lions feed. And so you had Chris Spillman, who's one uh, absolute amazing legendary linebacker that played for Detroit but LeGarrette Blunt is running <laughs> parallel to the line of scrimmage on a stretch play and what happens is they do a kind of like a trap block and a seal block at the same time on Buckner to cut his angle off he loops over the top 
and just sprint straight to the sideline because he understands where the play is going. While Blunt tries to cut it up right before he goes out of bounds just for that extra half yard, and DeForest Buckner said, hell no. Lowered his shoulder and lifted Blunt about <laughs> eight inches off the ground and on his back, literally threw him. And, you know, Blunt popped up, and I, I was kind of proud of him here, um, popped up and said, hey, man, that was awesome, great hit. And it just shows you, like, Garrett Blunt is a gigantic uh, just behemoth of a man and to get <laughs> knocked off the ground and lifted up uh, it's just impressive so DeForest Buckner just keep playing what he is I'm so excited to see what his end of year stats are going to be because defensive player of the year it, it's within reach it, it really really is he's playing at that level Solomon Thomas I was very very hard on him last week came out the third highest defender he's third lowest last week Week two, third highest. So, you know, this is kind of who he is. He only got 36 snaps, so a little bit less than half of the defensive snaps. Having said that, he graded out very, very well. Four pressures and four hurries, but two missed tackles. This is kind of the rough one. He's one of the worst tackling defensive linemen I've ever seen, and it's because he doesn't bring his hands. He will hit with his shoulder. He'll hit with his helmet but his arms are usually by his side. He never, ever wraps up. And if you look at his just career stats, he's only a 41 grade at tackling as a career. And so that just kind of lets you know where he's at. Two missed tackles, again, as I said, it's almost every game. He's got to change the way he plays. Otherwise, his snap count is going to continue to go down. But he did make a few plays on the very first drive. He crashed the line down. Uh, on first and five for a solo run stop for no game, which was great. He had a great pass rush on third down, and that's the thing. He gets in, he hits Stafford straight up, but Stafford just bounces off of him because he didn't bring his arms. If you miss a tackle against Matt Stafford and you're a lineman that has over 100 pounds on him, um, maybe not 100, maybe 50, but still, you got to be able to stop that. And Stafford bounces off of him, who had a clean hit on him, and throws the ball for a first down. So it's just kind of what he is. And then he got owned in pass pro by their backup tight end. It was one-on-one, -on -one and, man, he got driven back big time in pass pro, which you just don't see very often. Blair, uh, not a bad game. He ranked out 65.2 as his grade. He was the sixth best defender we had. Played 41 snaps, uh, two pressures, one sack at the end of the game, which was legit, one hurry and one tackle. Now, Cassius Marsh, this is somebody I, we got to talk about because Solomon Thomas is losing snaps to him. Uh, Cassius Marsh got 54 snaps. So you're talking about somebody that's getting 18 more snaps at Solomon Thomas at the same position. And Cassius Marsh was awful. Uh, third worst defender. He graded at a 37.8. He doesn't do anything. He is cut off at pass rush lanes at the start of every single play. How do you play 54 snaps at defensive end and get zero registered pressures he got one tackle and he got a fumble recovery because the one thing that he will do is hustle he can't beat anybody off of skill but he does put out a lot of effort which i respect that and so i don't know something's got to change there i i don't think that this guy should be getting very many snaps at all um, i don't think solomon thomas is really the answer but i would rather see somebody like Peta. Town Pineno in there just because there's some ceiling. There's no ceiling with Cassius March. Anyway, moving on. Eric Armstead played great 54 snaps, seven pressures, five hurries, two QB hits. Now, he only got one tackle, but it, what the Armstead does that makes him special 
is he frees up your linebackers better than anybody else that we have. DeForest Buckner is a penetrating, kind of gap-shooting, swim-move defensive tackle or defensive interior end, 3-4 cents. Armstead's not that. Armstead is a occupier. He occupies the blocks as well as anybody, and the linebackers flow behind him. So great game from him. He He's kind of up and down right now. He's missed a lot, a lot of time. But again, he played very, very well, especially in the run. That's kind of what his specialty is. Earl Mitchell only got 25 snaps. And a lot of our nose tackles didn't get a lot of playing time because this offense, they lined up three to four wide receivers and just threw it the whole time. That's just what they did. So he didn't really get to play very much. Earl Thomas, Sheldon Day, same thing, 20 snaps. He did get four pressures, though. So anytime we were using kind of an athletic interior guy, we were putting Sheldon Day in there. He got a nice tipped pass in the fourth quarter as well. DJ Jones only 13 snaps, one of his lowest uh, in a long time. Zero recorded stats. It just wasn't a game for him. Fred Warner, rough day. You know, he was runner-up for MVP last week. He did play all, every single snap of the whole game. However, uh, it just was bad. Uh, rated out 46.2 one of our bottom defenders, and just he had a really bad penalty on his best play. He goes in and just makes this awesome play and hitting the backfield for a tackle for loss, but he face-masked the ball carrier. So uh, that allowed them to get a first down, and then they got to kick a field goal to go into ha- halftime. That was kind of rough. But, you know, he did his job, and I'm excited because when Reuben Foster comes back, Reuben Foster's going to be playing Mike which will move Fred Warner to his natural position, which is Will Linebacker. Uh, He has the length for it. He'll be in coverage a little more. So his tackle numbers, they're going to dip, but that's okay. That's not a bad thing. And if you want to know his stats, he had seven solo, three assisted tackles, so 10 total tackles for Fred Warner. Um, But those numbers will not be that high any longer. Elijah Lee, you know, I was pretty excited to see this guy. Uh, He was middle of the grade. You know, he stepped in for Brock Coyle. I hope he's doing all right. Brock Coyle is done for the year. But Elisha Lee played well, 72 snaps and graded kind of out right in the middle. 61.4 was his thing. He got one sack, 11 tackles, one forced fumble. Now, the problem was in the passing game, this poor guy was lined up against Theo Riddick all day on third downs in man-to-man coverage. That's not fun. And he was targeted nine times for eight receptions and 50 yards. Only one of those was incomplete, and it was the last play of the game. So <laughs> something to kind of look at, but yeah, he, he kind of got taken advantage of in the passing game, which it's just part of that. That's just what it is. Theo Riddick, he had him wrapped up on a couple of plays, but um, what a first a punt on one play. It was third and long, and they checked down to Theo Riddick, and man, Elijah Lee played it perfectly, goes up, squares him up, wrapped him up perfectly, But somehow Theo squirmed out and got a first down. Uh, They went on to score on that drive. But it it was just a lot of fun seeing (laughs) him play against that guy. That's a rough first assignment in your first start in the NFL. But he is going to be our backup. And I would not be surprised if Elijah Lee is our backup for Mike and Will linebacker. Um, and possibly even Sam. He could just be the guy across all three spots. He will dress for us. Um, The only issue with that would be is if Malcolm Smith ever gets healthy, but I'm not betting on that. So 
Let's jump now. Oops, sorry. Almost forgot. Mark Nazocha uh, played terrible. Uh, 29.2 grade, 16 snaps, two missed tackles, was targeted three times, gave up three receptions for 33 yards. This was going to be a bad matchup. for You don't want to play against the Detroit Lions if you're a Sam backer. It's just old school versus new school, and they their offense is designed to take advantage of people like Mark Nazocha. So uh, this was going to be a bad game for him anyway. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And again, he didn't get that many snaps, only 16, just because it didn't fit the personnel packages that were coming out. And they took advantage of it. So now let's go to the secondary. Holy cow, you talk about night and day differences. We've got two studs and I guess four duds. Oh, I hate to say that, but it's what it is. All right, here we go. Richard Sherman, holy freaking cow. 77 snaps, played every snap. He got three tackles. He was targeted one time, once. Zero receptions. Just unreal. His very first target came with 23 seconds left in the game, and it was incomplete. Um, that guy cuts off half of the field. Now, the problem is what we have on the other side of the field, and th this is going to be rough. Um, you know, I started off as an Aquilo ha hater, and then he won me over. I love what he did in the offseason. I love what he did in week one. This was just a bad it was just one of the worst games you could have ever seen. You could talk about his ankle injury. That's fine. Maybe he's not healthy. And if he's not healthy, he shouldn't have been out there. Um, he definitely shouldn't have been out there if he's not healthy after the first half. And it took the fourth quarter, basically, him throwing his hands up just saying, I can't do this. And they took him out and put in Jimmy Ward. So 27.9, the lowest grade I've ever seen from a starter in the secondary. He played 64 snaps, so he missed the last um, 14 plays. Targeted 12 times. Their game plan was to go after Aquilo. Uh, number 23, they said, whoever's on him, we're throwing you the ball. Usually it was Galladay, but he was targeted 12 times, gave up eight catches, 99 yards, two touchdowns, and two penalties on top of that. Yeah, just, just abysmal. Uh, I talked about the touchdown he gave up to Galladay because he was peeking in the backfield of man coverage. You can never do that. And, and the sad thing is, you know, he had perfect coverage a few times on Galladay, but he got beat by a perfect catch and a perfect throw. And that's just kind of the way football is drawn up. You could have perfect coverage, but if it's a perfect throw and a perfect catch, that beats perfect coverage every day. It's just the, the way that it is. They target him so bad. I don't want to go through all of his plays. It's depressing me looking at it. But hopefully, Aquilo gets healthy, bounces back, because we need him this week. We're playing the Chiefs in our upcoming week. And, man... That's a whole – it might be a tougher matchup this week against Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. We need them back. So it's what it is. So Jimmy Ward comes in and plays about 20 snaps, and he was targeted twice for one catch on 21 yards, and he didn't do much in the run game either. He didn't play well. But Kwan Williams, our slot nickel guy, holy cow, 79.6 grade, second highest. He was incredible. Now listen to this. He played 61 snaps. Targeted eight times. They are not scared of Kwan Williams. Nobody's going to be. He held his opponents to five catches for 73 yards, which doesn't sound like much. But you got to understand, one of those catches was for 66 yards to Golden Tate and at the very end of the game. So you take away that one play, which I'm not saying to take it away. It counts. But just to put things in perspective with how well he played for, through the first three and a half quarters. He held Golden Tate to seven targets, three receptions on seven yards. That is unbelievable. 
Seven targets for three receptions on seven yards against Golden Tate, who has led the NFL in yards after catch three years in a row. Um, just absolutely lights out game. He just, that last play, he got away and he made us pay for it. Luckily, we still got the W. But uh, Kwan Williams, that guy is special. I'm, I'm telling you right now, we got him on the cheap, thankfully, because if he keeps playing like he did week one and week two, this guy is going to be, he's, he's, the third-rated slot or nickel cornerback in the NFL right now, according to Pro Football Focus, he is balling out. So uh, just very excited for what he has and what he will continue to bring to our defense. Now, DJ Reed got zero defensive snaps, um, but um, <laughs> he is making his presence felt Big time. He came out. He had a holding call on a punt return. That was kind of a bummer. But then he had one of the best kickoff returns I've seen in some time. Uh, scored a touchdown on it, but got called back for a face mask on him. <laughs> that's how tough he is. He stiff arms a guy that's coming in to tackle him, which you can put your hand on the face mask, but he grabbed it and turned the head. And so if you do that, that's a 15-yard penalty. So um, that pushed us back to the 26-yard line. But still, just incredible. He is a valuable player, and he adds to just his return value because he's our backup safety. And if Aquilo can't go this week, that means Jimmy Ward's going to start on the outside corner spot, and DJ Ward is going to be backing up both safety spots, him and Antoine Exum, so, and Nickelbacker as well. So just versatility, lots of sp uh, stuff there for him. Now, Colbert, uh, rough game. 77 snaps, 43.7 grade, two tackles. Two missed tackles, targeted once, uh, and that was a 15-yard touchdown. Uh, he really non-existent. The plays that he showed up in the screen were bad. Blew a touchdown-saving tackle. He took a bad angle and didn't wrap up on Galladay. Could have stopped him. Got ran over by Blunt because he didn't wrap up. Bounced off for a touchdown. And, and this is what we saw him do in college. And he'll lay people out. That's great. You can't do that if you're a safety against LeGarrette Blunt. He... Got beat by uh, a tight end for a touchdown. That's not acceptable for this guy. We need him to step up. Tart, he played okay, not great. Got a 60.1 score, 71 snaps before he got injured. He had seven tackles, one missed tackle, and this is why I would say he didn't play great. Targeted four times for four receptions. You got to make some plays. 33 yards, nice open field uh, tackle on the first uh, drive to force a third down on amazing screenplay, and then he gets beat um, long before the half. So it's third and long. And he gets beat easily and should have had a pass breakup, but just made a bad play on the ball, mistimed his jump, and it didn't work out. Zoom came in when Tart went down. Um, didn't really do much. Looked okay. Uh, was in position away from the play, but they didn't target him. Zero recorded stats. And, man, I, I hate to say this, but it seems like Zoom's going to be the starter. Uh, I really, I really, really wish we still had our undrafted free agent that I fell in love with, Terrell Williams, uh, who we – let go on an injury settlement, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Hopefully, Tart gets better, and and that's kind of going to be where we are. So that's our episode today. We will be breaking down the Chiefs game in the next day or two. We will have our uh, resident scout at Kadu Clayton on. He has been watching film. He sent me over six pages of notes on what he wants to break down. That guy is just a machine. Please go give him a father, a, fa a father. Go give him a follow. At Cadeau Clayton, and that's the French Canadian spelling. So C A D I E U X Clayton. 
Um, he is on Twitter and just a great follow. So thank you guys so much. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you have not done so already. That helps us out so much. Really appreciate you guys, and stay strong, faithful. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.